everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast bonus episode number 12. That's right, I'm Ryan, with me as always is Mark. Hello there. And Erica. 12, double digits. Wow, yeah, we just now. This is just how we've gotten to double digits, yeah. just now, not not before. Nope. Um, and we've got a very special bonus episode planned for you. Uh, we're not going to just talk about movies. We're not going to talk about a certain movie. We are going to talk about a certain movie, but we're going to talk about a certain movie's director because we have a very special guest. We have director Maureen Barucha on the show with us right now. Maureen, Hello. how are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be a bonus. I'm a bonus. Yes. Yes. Always a bonus <laughs> to talk to you, Maureen. And of course, we're talking to you because your movie has just come out just recently and is now out on VOD. You can watch it. We we have already done that. Excited to talk about Golden Arm. Be quick and explosive. You want to get the jump. Which one of you bottles is next? Okay, Danny. Takes eight pounds of pressure to break your humors. We need a ringer. I'm sorry I punched you in the breast. No, it felt really cool. Come with me on the road. Arm wrestling isn't going to solve my problems anymore. I'd like to have my scone that comes free with my order. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Have a great day. I think you really need this. Look who the cat dragged in. Brandy. See you at the table, ladies. Well, has this been wiped out recently? She's got this. I'm going to have you fill in for me. At the Nationals! That's insane. Is $15,000 insane? But first, we train. She doesn't have the fight in her. Ow! It's like a little fit. Just let her get it out. What pisses you off? Just be in the presence of a golden arm. Weak, ineffectual. Soft. But she has got one damn powerful arm. Scared yet? That's my fool. I am golden You can't go out there with your balls out. You gotta get out there with your legs out. Yeah. Yes, Golden Arm. This Yay. is a uh, a new movie Maureen has directed. How are you feeling? You've directed the movie. It's finally out. How are you feeling? I feel, I mean, one, I'm just so gr grateful that people can actually watch it now. And yeah, you can find it on iTunes and Apple TV and Amazon right now. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was a, a long journey. We were supposed to premiere at South by Southwest last year. Obviously, we went down for the count. So we had to wait a full year. But I'm so glad that we waited because this is the kind of movie that I feel like everybody just needs right now. It's about friendship and road trips and bars and fights and sporting events, like all the stuff that I just want to do again. <laughs> and arm wrestling? Yes. And ar yeah, and arm wrestling. Lots of arm, arm wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Maybe yeah. just a little. A little, just a little. Uh, just a little. 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 Just a
<laughs> now you but you've been on this movie for a while, right, Maureen? Yeah, this has been like a five year journey. It's basically I, I met the writers Amory Allison and Jenna Millie in a woman's group here in LA. And they were just kind of like looking for they had seen some of my work that I did some sprinkles cupcake shorts. And they were like, we have this idea for a movie for an arm wrestling comedy. And they kind of just pitched me the idea. And they're like, we need someone to make a sizzle. So I was like, you know what I want to do? As soon as they said it, I was like, oh, like Fight Club in a garage with like a bare light bulb and some smoke. And so we just shot this like sizzle five years ago that they took around. And um, we did a live reading a year later. And then I kind of did like a director statement. And they took that whole package around town for like three years while I went to direct on Kimmel. They went and got the financing. And then like basically five years from that sizzle, we made the movie. So wow. it was, it was a, and also with the opening of the movie, we kind of all talk about how like it's a, that what we shot that sizzle the opening of the actual movie is like that original sizzle on steroids where you're like, Oh, we got to have a real bar in Oklahoma with like, you know, dollar bills all over the wall and like, you know, real locals, real gritty looking people. I kind of like think of it as like the opening, like the bar from like Popeye. Like that's like the bar that I was like wanting to har- like harness. <laughs> Robert Altman's Popeye. That's a deep, that, that's a deep cut. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. That's funny. I actually played that movie for our kids and they all asked, they asked to turn the movie off and watch something else. <laughs> they were like, oh, no. no, no Popeye. I had to like, I realized I had to explain to them what Popeye was. Yeah, first. they had no frame of reference. Like I had to be like, okay. And then they were like, so this is like an old, this is like a really old movie. And I'm like, no, it's a, it was an old cartoon. They were just like <laughs> trying to explain it just made them more like, what is this than we're watching? And then I when like it opens with a it while they're bit, watching the movie that. <laughs> yeah, that maybe would have been better. <laughs> I had, a, I gave them, I look, I had charts. I had a whole... <laughs> I had a whole presentation. You did a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. It's gorgeous yeah. PowerPoint. So TED many... talk. <laughs> they loved the movie just as much as the uh, public did in 1980. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except for little old me, because I loved that movie when I was a kid. I did too. I also, I think I get confused because in that movie, didn't isn't there like an octopus scene? So I always get confused yes. with that moment and then Goonies. Because I'm like, isn't there an octopus scene in Goonies too? No, my, it would have like been I'm greatly improved think... to to have an octopus yeah. scene in Goonies. I think <laughs> there might be. A, I feel like I mean, again, maybe there's like an uh, like on the cutting room floor a Goonies octopus scene, or my brain just conflates those two things. I mean, if we want to put together a cut, where all of a sudden we splice in the <laughs> Make Popeye's the octopus scene into <laughs> sizzle it up, and then <laughs> I'll shop it around. My specialty in five years. We'll make a mashup movie if I we do the sizzle now. <laughs> we want to remake Goonies. We're going to make it exactly like it was, with the exception of we add an octopus. Yeah, <laughs> that shot is for the shot one remake. change. Yeah, shot for shot remake besides the octopus. And we have one character that just goes, ha, <laughs> He's Popeye-esque. He's not Popeye. He's not Popeye, because we do not have the rights. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they couldn't even say his name, but they, but uh, the kids, our kids did, could not really say his name. Did not know. I think our daughter called him Pippin. But they under they they know the Popeyes chicken 
link uh, like song. Like they but know they that do not jingle. Connect Popeye's chicken. They don't. With they Popeye. don't. No, they don't. So they did not realize yeah. it was the same name. Anyway, Wait, are those things connected? No, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Wow. He like eats spinach. I don't know how they would. I would at all be the same. <laughs> I don't know if it is. It's terrible cross marketing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Maureen, you're talking about when you were directing on Kimball. So let's talk about like your uh, like start as a director. And I know you probably get asked this a lot, but just you know, I think always think it's interesting for people to hear like where directors like started their career. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, so tell yeah. us a little bit about your, your journey before we get to golden arm. Yeah. I mean, I have the weirdest journey probably ever. And, uh, <clears throat> I feel like while I was on it, everybody was like, yeah, but you, sh- you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing something else. And I was always like, no, I- I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But basically I started working at sprinkles cupcakes when I came to LA, like back in 2007. And, um, I came out right when the writer's strike happened. So there were no jobs. <laughs> So, you know, obviously I got a job working at Sprinkles selling cupcakes, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> but um, when I actually worked there, they saw my thesis film that I shot in Pakistan um, with a, about, about a little boy taking his rooster to a cockfight. And the owners were like, we really need someone to make branded content for us. Will you kind of do that? So I kind of pitched them doing a short film series and we did short films based on their cupcake flavors. And then from there, I kind of did stuff with like college humor and I took classes at UCB and then I kind of did, I did some like random lifetime thriller movies. And then from there I got Kimmel. And so I did like three years on Kimmel and then I left Kimmel for this movie. So I just kind of have been scrappy and, you know, meeting people and just doing as many shorts and sketches as possible. And, but at the whole time I was kind of working at Sprinkles for my day job. So I was doing branded content and I was doing training videos and kind of like being their brand ambassador whenever they'd open a store all over the country and did that for like eight years before I got my two movies and then left for Kimmel. So I have like, yeah, a weird, weird background. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hundred percent chance of sprinkles. If you have a chance, I would try to hunt that one down. It's pretty it's so, terrific. It's so good. Pretty I terrific. Remember that one. Short. And I don't remember many things Mark and Ryan can tell you, but I remember that one. It was very cute. Um, very cute. And your two movies, <laughs> fatal flip and I am watching you also uh, mm-hmm. two lifetime movies that you made for lifetime, or at least for a company that then sold them to lifetime. Yeah, they were like, they weren't for Lifetime, but yeah, the, this company called Mar Vista, they kind of make a lot of these movies and one of them went to a film festival and one kind of got right bought right from Lifetime right away. But they were definitely like, I feel like it's it was kind of like my Roger Corman type of like experience where they just like crank them out and like there's a, cert, a certain model where you're like, it's just get, you know, get I'm sharpening my chops. So um, it was, they were really fun to make. And I, I still really enjoy them, but they were definitely like a certain type of movie with kind of like a model in mind. Yeah. And you knew like you had a certain budget. You had, They wanted a certain kind of movie. They wanted like, I think, I think that didn't they even ask you they wanted something like female oriented? Yeah, they call them like, I feel like the brand is kind of like women in peril movies. <laughs> um, that's the kind of thriller. Oh, whips. Whips. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves a good whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes and you know, uh, just, just tap into like the worst fear and then do it yeah yeah so, oh i'm sorry i'm i misspoke it's whip <laughs> <laughs> women in peril women um yeah like uh there there's a lot of similarities actually to corman the way they 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 sort of went about that and they and they're such an interesting production company mar vista as well because they do make a lot of movies for lifetime but that's not all they do but they have like a certain kind of movie a certain, and they're sort of exploitation movies i mean in a way um yeah they're kind of like a modern day i mean 
a modern day uh, of that. And a lot of women, they give a lot of women their first breaks making movies, which they kind of did for me. I hadn't done a feature and I wrote a script, sent it to my friend that worked there and made it. And then they bought me, a, bought another one and did another one. And in two years, I made two features, like almost to the day. And it was because they give a lot of people chances that maybe didn't have the, have the experience of doing a feature yet. Now, were you at that point, like hoping to make another thriller or were you hoping to go back to comedy? Because I know like comedy is something that is is very near and dear to you. But I know it's not like it's not all you all you can do or all that you just want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think like I I'm just like a big fan of movies. So I feel like, you know, growing up, I loved Alfred Hitchcock and I I loved action movies and I love adventure movies and comedies and, and drama. So I feel like I have always wanted to do. I mean, maybe that's also been my problem is that everyone's like, pick a lane. You like got to figure yourself out. You can't be everything. Nobody will know what you are. And then I'm like, screw you. I'll just make all kinds of weird things. And then nobody still will know what I am. Um, but I feel like my, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that I did the thrillers, but I definitely knew that like, I didn't want to get stuck in that category because I did do a lot of comedy. And so I feel like that was kind of the area that I gravitated toward. But I really do love genre mixing. And I think that's like one thing I was so able to do with Golden Arm is that it is a comedy, but it's also like a road trip movie and it's a buddy comedy and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, just a friendship movie. And it's kind of all these weird things mashed up together. And that's kind of what I'm so excited about is when things that maybe don't feel like they fit together, I put them together. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me like, you know, what you actually made another short called Movie Mind Machine which uh, is also a blending as a very funny short, but it had like, uh, like a lot of sci-fi elements to it and sort of like sort of high concept for like a, uh, like a short comedy short. And so it seems like that's kind of something that, that seems like your style. Yeah. I think it also might be, I mean, I I feel like, you know, as you go into meetings and you start to like learn about yourself or how to pitch yourself, I feel like the more it does make you kind of like, what, why do I gravitate toward these things? And so I feel like it might be the more I like do that. I'm like, Oh, maybe it is for my weird upbringing where like my mom's a big, you know, she's comes from a big Irish Catholic family. And my dad comes from like a big Indian Pakistani Muslim family and like always feeling like you have to like fit into one thing or like you're always the other. So it's, I feel like I always, I always gravitate toward either main characters that are conflicted or stuck between two worlds or can bridge like things together and like mash them up. So I think that's just what I did as a kid for myself to fit in. So I'm like, maybe that's why I gravitate toward those type of stories. Yeah. And, and in Golden Arm, you definitely have a world that a character is being sort of mashed into. And that is uh, competitive arm wrestling. Did, did you how yeah. much did you like do any like did you go to like tournaments? Like how much like research and stuff did you do in terms of like? Uh, going to like arm wrestling competitions. Like one thing that I, I wish that I had gone to more, I mean, because these, these, you know, there's two arm wrestling tracks. There's like the real pro route. That's like, you know, Dot Marie Jones, it's in the movie was a, is a professional arm wrestler and is a real champion. And then there's this other wing that uh, kind of what the movie's based on is like these women all over the country are, have these small arm wrestling leagues that they do where they dress up and they do it for charity. And we have one in LA and the, the writer, um, Anne-Marie also has like a charity in DC called DC Claw. So I talked to a lot of the women that were in these leagues and I did, I wasn't able to get to one in the time frame that we were shooting, but I definitely watched a lot online and I, I kept planning to go. And then also talking to Dot Jones, the fact that like, she just, she came in and like taught us how to arm wrestle and all of her stuff is like pretty much her real story. Like where we scripted stuff that we kind of had to follow through for plot, but when she's training us or when she's talking about her arm wrestling championship stuff, that's like, the camera's rolling on her. I was like, 
just keep talking and we're going to we're going to shoot you talking to Mary and Betsy. I have a question. When she came in, did she have that hair already? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's yes! that, what you see. Yeah. That was the thing. with. Dutch. I was like her- that hair. That hair yes. is just mm, amazing. <laughs> yes. I mean, her whole look was like. I think we even like when she came, you know, we went to wardrobe and it's like, look, she brought her own t-shirts, her own jackets. And we're like, I was like, let's use your own stuff. Like the way you showed up just her as herself is such a beautiful, powerful woman. that It's like, we can't do better than you. Like, just be like, be yourself. Yeah, there could have been there could have been a whole story like there's a there's a sequel that's just like her backstory. I would have loved to have learned that. So, I mean, I'm just gonna plant that seed. And in 2026, we you can go make that. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about how like either like either the the sequel will be like them going to Russia, or there's a prequel, and it's like Mary and Betsy in college. Yes. Yeah, I did love either those one. flashbacks. Either so one. So this is a trilogy. Yes. This is the middle of a trilogy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You always, uh, you always A B T. Always be trilogying. You know. You <laughs> I even think there's a side story because so in the movie we kind of cut some of it out, but um, my brother Ahmed plays Jerry and Don Luby plays Tessie, and so if you watch the movie again, they're doing so much work in the background, falling in love. Like Ahmed was like, can I give her a cookie? So in the background, they're always like talking and you're like, oh, there's like a, a side movie about them falling in love and like meeting each other. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw a little bit of that because in the like the post credits that you sort of meet, you sort of uh, see each character sort of talk about that stuff. And you mm-hmm. see there's a little bit you get a little taste of that, like at the end there. Yeah. But you know what? That's what's so great about you, Maureen, is also that you always love to bring in your family Yes. And like you you have a lot of your family in this movie, not just your brother. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> On that was... note, I have a, because because you always bring in your family. I'm curious who's the biggest diva in the family to work with. I have a guess, but I want I, I want to see if I'm <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And we're not I recording mean, this. Not... So it's totally cool. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably me i don't know i like (laughs) (laughs) your dad plays like like he's a he's a referee in the movie right yes he actually had a whole backstory there he had a whole backstory that got that got cut out that we were joking that he was like this ref that was drunk because he doesn't drink and that he was bad at his job so eugene kept being like where is juan is he drunk again like and he's like he's somebody's dad like we we had to cut it out but it was like so funny that he just like <laughs> was like wandering around love it have you used your dad in something else before actually my dad has appeared in my he pe- appeared in my my rooster cockfighting thesis because the story was actually about him taking his rooster to a cockfight when he was a kid and when we shot the movie originally in Pakistan I shot the movie in Pakistan and at the end of the movie the little boy comes home and he sees his dad and when we shot it in Pakistan the guy that was supposed to play the dad got in a car accident and like couldn't be in the movie. So I had to like fly home oh, to no. America and we just isolated and shot my dad being the dad. Like it was, a, it was like the, everything was shot in Pakistan except for my dad's cameo <laughs> was shot in like my living room. So my Aww. dad has appeared once. Wow. And you work with your brother quite a bit too as well. Right. And he's yeah, I mean, hilarious Ahmed, in this. He's very, yeah, of Ahmed course came in and he is. did Jerry, but he also did, he also did joke punch up for me. Like he, he came in and shot for a week 
and then, you know, got him to come, come for the part. And then he stayed for an extra week and sat by me at monitor and punched up jokes and helped an art department. It was kind of like my ambassador on set to like, keep the, keep spirits up. He was like, that's, that's why I'm part of this podcast is for the exact same thing. I'm just here to <laughs> punch things up and keep the spirits up. So they don't quit. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite punch-up lines that he had was, uh, I was born scared. That was an Ahmed, Ahmed pitch from the sideline yes. as we were shooting. That was hilarious. That was great. That's a great, that's a really great moment. Mary Ryan, plays that really well. Ryan can always tell when I'm really into a movie when immediately after the line of dialogue has been spoken, I repeat it to him. Just so he knows. Yep. If my laughter mm-hmm. isn't enough, I'm then repeating the line back to him so that he knows that I'm super. Is it, like just in case I guess I missed it, you know, <laughs> yeah. she doesn't want me to have missed it. <laughs> you know, actually, so my brother's in the movie, my dad's in the movie. The only person in my family that's not in the movie is my mom, but my sister, you can hear her voice because when we were doing post, we needed some loopers. And so because we made this on the cheap, I brought in some some friends and some loopers, which a looper is like, you know, a person that comes and does like voiceover stuff. My sister had never done that. And she, she found out how much that you can make as a professional looper. So I think there was a moment there where she was like, wait, I don't, I hate this. I don't really want to be in the movie business, but I could get down on being a professional looper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have worked also with Mary before and with Betsy before as well. Um, but I was wondering, like, did you always, were you always had them in mind for this, for this movie? Yeah. I mean, Betsy was, Betsy was in the original sizzle. So she was, she was actually somebody that when I, they told me about it, I was like, you got to have Betsy, you know, she's just, she kind of, they kind of described the character. And I was like, there's, I mean, to me, it's like, there's nobody else but Betsy. And then Mary, yes, she's somebody that I'd worked with, you know, you know, is one of my favorite actresses. And Melanie in particular, I think was an interesting character because, you know, she kind of has to play. She has an interesting thing to play. Is you can easily be kind of boring, but Mary's such a likable, interesting person to watch, and she's such an incredible actress and comedian that kind of when it came, when we kind of got down to it, it was like really needing somebody that could carry the movie. So um, yeah, she was somebody that was always on my list, and you know I love Mary so much, and I think that she just adds something to the movie that you know wasn't on the page and not something that I even imagined. She just, she just brought a life to it. Yeah, she has I, such an expressive face too. Like she goes from one minute being just like lovely angelic to being like grossed out intense. Like she, I, I just, I love her, her, I don't know, versatility and just her. Yeah. I, I like. I liked her a lot as well. I thought she, I thought she was great in this. Yeah. I, I think you do such a great job of casting your stuff, Maureen. And, and I particularly loved both Mary and Betsy just because also like there, it is a movie that, as you say, is so based on friendship and their mm-hmm. friendship and their like genuine love for each other. And like, you know, is so immediate and so honest. And like you, you, you never question that for a single minute. Yeah. Like that's something that you're always like, Oh yeah, these two are total buds. Like I can totally, like it, it's, it's just so like, that's something that's just like immediately like you're hooked into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that like, it honestly like organically came, we added more of it into the movie than it was. Cause as we were shooting, I think the movie originally also like ended with like Melanie's character going off with Greg and like, it was like a little bit different, but as we shot the movie, we were like, I mean, it just, it just became more apparent. Like this movie is ultimately about two best friends finding each other again. And it's like, as we were shooting, we're just like, we feel like we're on this journey together. Like 
behind the camera when Ahmed was by monitor with the DP Chris Messina. We just, you could, it was just so clear that like the magic stuff was like them together, Mm -hmm. finding each other and supporting each other. And so kind of the other stuff ended up like, we ended up reworking and improving a lot of stuff along the way to kind of hone in on that, that core story. Yeah, I did want to ask you about uh, your use of improv, but you just brought up Chris Messina, who is your DP, and you've worked with many times, and you made sure to bring him in on Golden Arm. And I also think that's so cool that you always, you know, you look out for your people and make sure you bring your people in. I like to say I'm a collector. I collect people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did another great job uh, on this movie as well. Yeah, I mean, it looked incredible. He made it look so good. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. it does. It yeah, looks it really, did. really good. It really did. Um, but like in terms of improv, like uh, I know you took UCB classes and started doing improv and stuff yourself. And uh, Betsy and Mary are long, you know, long time improvisers. And mm-hmm. uh, Eugene uh, Cordero, who plays um, who plays Greg, is also. I mean, there's a lot. So you use a lot of improvisers, is what I'm saying. So. How much uh, of the movie did you did you do imp- did you allow uh, for improvisation? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is like you know you start with a strong script that you you get you know you know how to get to A to B. So to me, you hire all of, like you said all the people on here are either incredible improvisers or stand up comedians or just comedic writers of their own you know merit. So I would have been mm-hmm. foolish to cast all these people and be like, do not. Do not contribute. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was Please definitely stick to the script. <laughs> yeah, nothing more. I want no yes. punch ups. But um, yeah, yes. it was definitely. I mean, the thing that I love about comedy in particular is that it is such like, you know, a village. So it was like everybody was allowed to pitch jokes, you know, pitch on other people's characters. Or you know, Ron Funches came on, and originally his character was a little bit more skeezy and sleazy and he was like and ron was so great because he was like you know i'll play it however we want to play it but i think this guy his mom was an arm wrestler his sister might be an arm wrestler he loves strong women he loves thick women he loves curvy women he's like now i'm talking about myself and i was like yes we are pivoting this character and you know brenda who was olivia she kind of had ideas about her costume and so there was that level of like when they came in talking about their character and then as we went along, it was kind of a case-by-case basis. So some scenes we would workshop before we got to set and talk about honing in and whittling it down to what the scene was about, and we would change the script that way. Sometimes there are certain, like the baseball scene, that's completely improvised. Um, and other times it was just joke punch-up. So it's a little bit of everything, but I also think for me, it was me making sure that I knew what I wanted because I wouldn't let people go totally off and wander away. I think if you're tethered to the script, you can always bring people back. Yeah, and that's such a great change too, because the 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 relationship between Betsy and Ron is so great in the movie oh. and so fun. Yeah, it's such a fun that was dynamic. Them the that. two of them. Yeah, yeah that's that great. was them that's, pitching yes. like it's, how so like how about we ne- we do everything but kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, and it, just when they first reconnect, and Mary's there, and she's like, "Hi, hi," just trying to like trying to introduce just herself. Completely ignore her. Yeah, uh, it's really. Yeah, funny. I repeated basically every line of that entire scene <laughs> to Ryan. I was like, "Are you seeing this?" He's like, "Yes, we're watching yes, the same we're movie. Both, we're both watching." <laughs> well, one thing that was like so important to me, I think, with a lot of my movies, but one thing is so great is that to me it was like I all these people that I had brought into the movie I worked with before, but I wanted to do a movie where like you get the, they get to do something they'd never done before. So I feel like you've never gotten to see you know Betsy be like that. You've never gotten to see you know 
Mary be the lead or like, it was just like everybody got to do something that they don't, that you've not necessarily seen them. Even, you know, Eugene being the love interest, like it was just a, and that makes people more excited too. Cause it's like, we get to explore this thing that I've never actually gotten to do in a longer format. Yeah. yeah I've never seen Ahmed play such a sweaty character. <laughs> <laughs> that was Betsy's pitch. She's like, what if Jerry is sweaty all the time? I was like, yep. hundred <laughs> percent. It was great. I feel that because I am very sweaty when I'm on sets. <laughs> <laughs> you get on those lights and the sweat just comes. I'm like, uh, that's, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That's an, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling Jerry. I felt Jerry a lot. <laughs> um, Now we also gave you a little homework for this where we made you look into some of the new world pictures and pick out a couple favorites. So we want to hear what a couple of your favorites one by one uh, from New World Pictures. What, what did you decide on? I mean, again, it was really easy for me because two of my actual all-time favorite movies were on the list. Um, oh, Heathers. Oh, Heathers. Heathers. Ooh, yeah, yes, like, that's a good one. I mean, without a doubt. Like, I feel like every you know, I've been going into pitching a lot of high school movies and everyone's like, that's the pinnacle, I feel like, dark high school movie. Like, so it's, yeah. it's like nothing has come close to it. You know, they tried to make Jawbreaker that was a recycled version of that, but... Heather's is just so dark and twisted and great. <laughs> yes. And I don't think it could be made now. I mean, all the suicide stuff. But... Oh, mm, oh, no. Oh, no. Definitely not. No, no, no. no Honestly, no, no, no. you know, I, I think we talked about this in our episode about Heather's, but New World was like basically going out of out of business and out of they were running out of money. And they basically, Heather's was the second to last movie they released theatrically. And mm-hmm. they basically had no oversight on it, I think, whatsoever. And I think that is honestly why we oh. got that. Why we got Heather's? That's. I think that's how that got made. I think they just, except for the end, right? Didn't didn't they come in and say the original ending was too dark? And that's so they correct. Had to change yeah. that. They wow. wanted to change the ending a little bit, but that's about the only note that they really got through on that movie. Like for the most part, they were just able to do whatever they wanted to do. I mean, it's like the the fact that like they're killing each other. There's like suicide. Like guns, like even like the like the dead gay. I love my dead gay son. Like, I feel like there's just so oh. much stuff in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that scene is so good, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So Heather's is your favorite. What's it? What's the other one? That I would you, say like Elvira, favorite? Mistress of the Dark. Oh, Another yeah. have not dark dark movie, but I mean, one. I think growing up, I like loved Elvira because I grew up in California, and I feel like she was always on on KTLA Channel Five at like night. And so like just watching her and then that movie, when that movie came out, it was like, I think also there's like, you know, there's a little bit of scandalousness to her because of the way she's dressed. Mm-hmm. And, but that movie is like so family friendly in a way it's like so campy, yeah. but you know, and her dumb boyfriend and then she like wants to make him dinner and it's like the potion. It's such a, it's such a great <laughs> yeah. movie. She's so voluptuous, but she was still like very funny and like made fun of herself and was very self-aware too. Yes. I think was always like, Oh, you know, it, yeah. Well, and she's from, uh, well, I don't know if she's originally from LA, but she certainly came out and she was a groundling, right? So, uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's kind of a product of LA as well. Interesting, though, again, uh, to your point, these are two movies that sort of do bridge two different worlds. Like we had horror and comedy for Elvira, and it's sort of like the high school movie and a very dark. Uh, or a high school comedy, comedy with a very dark, like, mm-hmm. you know, serial murderer kind of story as well. Yeah. Two different worlds blending together. Again, I think I was just a very dark, dark, like a teenager, I guess, that just seemed not so dark, but really was. But <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't there another movie that you were also talking about that, that uh, really piqued oh my your gosh. interest? 
cockfighter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. I, thank like, you. How can, thank I you. mean, again, I have an obsession with cockfighting ever since I did that little short. But I was like, Harry Dean Stanton and Ed Begley Jr. Like, I mean, and Roger Corman. I was like, this movie is like, this is my, this is like every single thing. I mean, one, Harry Dean Stanton is like I, one of my favorite people of all time. Um, but yeah, that no. movie. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, it's uh, Warren Oates is the lead and Monty Hellman is the director of that movie who directed Tulane Blacktop and The Shooting and Ride in the Whirlwind, which well, Ride in the Whirlwind also has Harry Dean Stanton in it mm. and a young Jack I mean, Nicholson who wrote it. So, oh, uh, wow. yeah, which and both movies were 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 funded by Roger Corman. Oh, Roger. And, and we I might guess. maybe just potentially are talking about that one next week. Yeah. I mean, how yep. kismet is that? So. I'll just warm you up with a, a little yeah. cockfighting talk this week and then, you know, continue. But I feel like I was, obs- I've always been obsessed with Harry Dean, Harry Dean Stanton. I think I became obsessed with as a kid again, again, dark, dark movie, but once, uh, one magic Christmas where he plays like a Christmas angel in a trench coat in a tree. It's like, oh, it's, it's, that's going it's on my the, list. I've not seen that, a, but that is going on the list. Oh my God. It's a Disney movie. It stars Mary Steenburgen and basically her husband dies and this angel, Harry Dean Stan in a trench coat comes to this little girl outside and it's like a weird, but he's Gideon the Christmas angel. Wow. <laughs> you had me wow. at Mary Steenburgen. I'm oh, in. Man. <laughs> Well, I can't believe Harry Dean Stanton was in a Christmas movie and I didn't know about it, where he plays an angel. Du- um, yeah, Mark and dark. I, of course, we grew up watching a- Alien a lot. Oh, but yeah, also me too. Repo Man as well. So, like, uh, Harry Dean is, you know, and then Paris, Texas, like his one of his absolute oh, best yeah. roles. Um, yeah. so I mean, also Big, big Love, his Dean last Stanton. big thing that he did, Big Love. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's yeah. also, oh, yeah. again, one of those totally. Christmas movies that I feel like whenever I hear people talk about Christmas movies, because it's a Disney movie, but you got to watch it. It's really dark, but it's, it's a kid's movie. Um, so I feel like it's like good because it actually has layers. And again, him as a weird Christmas angel in a trench coat is just bizarre. <laughs> and I, I have to say, I got to give it up to him. He's only in the straight story for about like the last two minutes of the movie. But the way he plays that, and in, in seeing his brother after not seeing him for so long, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Fan- if you haven't seen that, the, I highly recommend it. Just fast forward to the very, well, no, you won't get it, but he's <laughs> just in the very end. And even, even like, um, you know, his last big thing, I only really watched that show Big Love because he would like, I mean, Bill Paxton and him, but him in that show was just like so amazing. You know, he's yeah. Just... He did not play a character like that very often, and it, he he was amazing in that show. Like really good show, actually. Um, yeah. You know, um, those are some great picks, Maureen. Thank you so much for joining us on this bonus episode. Her movie is called Golden Arm. You need to go rent it right now and watch it. It is on iTunes. Uh, it is on Amazon's. How we watched it on Amazon Prime. Yep. It is anywhere you can rent movies. Go find it. Go watch it. It is a blast. It's very funny. It's so um, good. It's got so arm good. wrestling in it. It's got uh, great leads. And I mean, did you? Did you? Uh, was there a little bit of over the top? Did you throw a little bit of like uh, allusions to over the top? We, in the we homage oma- some over the top. I mean, there's no there's no backwards hats or anything, but there's a there's a truck. <laughs> 
We got some truck driving in there. As in yes. There is a truck. Yes, that's right. That's yes. right. Indeed. I was about to say, I didn't want to say it for you, but it felt like there was a little bit of, for those over the top fans, like you're going to get, you get a little something. So, you know, um, uh, and I didn't mention Kate Flannery like, also makes a camp. Kate Flannery and Aparna and Sherla are also in it. Yes. Which yes. are great. They're great. Um, oh. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Maureen, for being here. It was awesome for you to make some time for us. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Is there anything you can tell us about that you're working on next? I have a really cool um, podcast series that's coming out next month called Edith, starring uh, Rosamund Pike. And she's playing, it's like a dark comedy from Q Code and Crooked Media, written by uh, Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig. And it's it's so much fun. Um, it's going to be released next month. And uh, it's she's just, Rosamund Pike is just so killer in it. Awesome. That is awesome. so cool. We can't wait to listen. I will definitely check that out. And you guys all need to check out Golden Arm. Maureen, thank you so much uh, for being thank here. Thank you so much. And yes, we hope to have you, you back at some point. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. We'll talk to you later. And that is it for this episode of the bonus episode 12. We'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. Bye, everybody. And my second question is, is about the Goonies, the <laughs> octopus deleted scene. <laughs> what? I, who, whose idea was that? And was that Richard Donner's? Was that Spielberg's? Well, it was in the original Chris Columbus script, The Octopus. Chris Columbus? Uh, well, I don't know whose idea. I mean, it was in the, in the script. It was in the script. Uh-huh. So I don't know, like, if they broke the story together and then he went and wrote the script based on their. The Octopus just always sucked. It, was just, <laughs> it just did.